0: Welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real-life issues from a woman's perspective. Becoming Eva
1: seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity,
0: transparency, and healing. We're We're your your hosts, LaToya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started. Good morning, Becoming Eva fans, and welcome to episode six. Yes. Developing multiple streams of revenue. Yes. With our special guest, my hubby, Mr. Ryan Moore, also known as Mr. Ryan Righteous.
2: Yes. All right. All right. We'll take that. Yes. Good yes. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Thank you guys <laughs> for having me.
1: Thank you for being on. I mean, I was just thinking earlier today. I always kind of think in terms of music, but I'm like you, kind of Warren Campbell, the situation. And if you know about Warren Campbell, he's the one who put together Mary Mary. And so Ryan is like the Warren Campbell behind becoming Eva. You know, he was kind of <laughs> like the one who brought us together. So oh,
2: thank, it's you, an honor. thank you, thank you, <laughs> yeah. Um, so
1: <laughs> how is 2020 treating y'all? Is it's, been off the chain so
2: how's everything going in the Moore household it's it's a it's an, a blessing honestly you know um we see COVID as a uh, definite definitely a detriment to what's happened to our society what's happened to American families and families across the world with devastation of death but at the same time it's yielded a lot of opportunity for people to secure uh different forms of income, I mean, non traditional forms of income. And so also, you know, sitting back and realizing that the government doesn't really have our backs like that, you know, we can't really rely on the government. So we have to go out here and create uh, these opportunities for ourselves. So, you know, in a way, it's, it's been hurtful. But I think it's stretched people's minds in order to be able to go out there and find a different avenue uh, to success and not really necessarily bank on whether or not their degree is going to get them through whether or not all the years of hard work and overnights and and uh, you know late nights and overtime that have uh, they put into their jobs you know that they're not going to necessarily see a benefit from that so it's time to benefit for ourselves and make it happen.
1: That's what's up well if if y'all don't know this is the direction we're going to today I mean Ryan came prepared so let's let's, let's get in I'll let you do the Formal introduction, Mrs. Moore.
0: Yes, I have the pleasure of introducing my husband on today's show. So Ryan Righteous Moore serves <laughs> as the vice president of J Dot LLC, the parent company of the multimedia brands Track Stars, which was produced in 2006, Nectar Distribution 2017 and Render TV 2019. Ryan has worked in the radio industry for 20 years now, a career that stems from his early days as a college radio personality to his internship and hire at Radio One Atlanta Urban One. Ryan holds a BA from Clark Atlanta University where he studied radio production. Ryan is the co-founder of Trackstars, Nectar Distribution, and Render TV Brands, which aims to service the urban Christian community. Ryan is one of three co-hosts for the radio and television show Trackstars Live. Ryan is a native of Atlanta, where he currently lives. Ryan is a lovely husband to me, his wife, Latoya Moore. And our three little ladies, Ryla, Layla, and Mariah. Oh, I
1: love you. the three little ladies. Thank you. So cute. <laughs> and of course, you know, I always have to connect the dots here. You know, uh, uh, Track Stars Live, my husband is also one of the co-hosts with Ryan. So our families have been friends for years. And it's just been an honor, you know, getting to see them grow and then getting to, you know, see the Stars brand kind of become a hub, if you will, and a source of support for Becoming Eva. So uh, we're definitely connected on multiple levels and just super excited
2: to have you here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah. So Ryan, can you tell Becoming Eva fans a little bit more about yourself and what do you do?
2: Yep. So guys, I've always wanted to be, uh, me and my partners have always wanted to be dream financiers. Right. And from as far back as I can tell, being young, I always wanted to be something big. Right. And I didn't want me to be something big. I wanted to be a part of something big. Right. So I always said to God, "But God, please bless me. Enlarge my territory. Um, Allow me to be in a space where I can make a difference. Things of that nature. And so uh, when I was 12 years old, uh, I called into a radio station. And I was on this radio station and I just, you know, made a comment about uh, child abuse and whether or not, you know, a belt was too far, something like that. And uh, it happened to be to my my mentor at the time, or my mentor now, but who was just a radio personality at the time, um, Ryan Cameron. And so Ryan Cameron was an opportunity for me to uh, really see myself in that light. And that allowed me to get to a point where I was able to um, really understand what my calling was, right. And so my calling just kind of stemmed from a place of being able to uh, know when God calls you to something, he places you on a path. And he doesn't take you off that path. Uh, unless something goes wrong, and it's not his direction for you anymore. So in just seeing that from the first time I was 12 years old, I went to my mom and I said, Mom, I'm gonna work in radio. She said, I don't know, if that's gonna be lucrative. But you know, if that's what you want to do, go for it. So when I was 14, the radio station, came to my school and um, they did a hot 97.5 stay in school jam. And then at the end of that, I was like, okay, I'm still sold on this radio thing. You know, Ryan Cameron pulled up in a Porsche. He only works four hours a day. Then when I was 18, I met him at a party and I told him I wanted to work in radio. And he gave me this scenario, like, okay, go to school, make people like you, be funny, all this kind of stuff and become a radio personality. And just maybe a couple of weeks later, the radio station had an internship opportunity, applied for the internship opportunity, was there for six months and, after that, uh, they hired me. And so from there, I was 19 years old, working in my field of study. I was the youngest junior account executive working in radio sales. And wow. that's where my journey started. It just started from being able to see my very first source of income and what it, the potential of it could be if I were to expand upon it.
1: Okay, let me press pause because first of all, I mean, I love how I'm like learning stuff about you in the midst of this, this is great. But anyway, <laughs> first of all, I'm still stuck on 12 years old. like. 12 years old you tell your mom i want to go into radio like wow And just the drive that you have had since then, you know, I mean, like, you never lost sight of that, you know, um, from seeing the appearance of, of, um, you know, Radio One at your school and, you know, paying attention to the kind of car Ryan Cameron is driving, (laughs) you know, and then seeking him out and talking to him and saying, hey, I want to do what you do, like, All of that takes a lot of drive. And so that's amazing to see that at such a young age. And I think it speaks volumes for where you are right now. So
2: Thank you. Can I tell you the truth, though? The truth is it has nothing to do with um, really my drive. It has has most to do with my tunnel vision um, Mm -hmm. with God. I, I put on blinders to everything else when I was 12 years old. I had a goal in mind, and I wanted to continue to reach that goal. I used to practice radio personality in my room. Wow! I used to have a, a boom box and I would put on the headphones, and I would literally practice being a radio personality in my room. And uh, when the chance came in college, I was not prepared. I was like, I did this all the time in my room. What is going on? And the person who was training me, he told me, he said, you know what? He was like, that first show was real shaky. He's like, your hands were trembling. Your voice was trembling. He said, here's what you need to do. He said, go home, get an eight by 10 picture of your best friend next week bring it to the studio sit it in front of you and talk to him only and from there on every time i get onto a microphone or i get onto a, in front of a camera i'm only talking to my best friend from 26 years ago you know so it really has blessed my life to be able to have that tunnel vision to zone out on other things that are not tied to my destiny that's a great tip
0: i learned mm-hmm. something new i did not know about that little story <laughs> Of you with the boombox and pretending to be a radio personality. So, yay! Hey, I learned a new story about my hubby today.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Why is it so important to have these multiple streams of income?
2: So multiple streams of income are important because it allows you to line up your vision with where God is putting you, right? The direction. And so when you start thinking about, well, what do I need financing for? You know, what are my dreams? What are my goals? What are my aspirations? Me and my partners over at Trackstars, we talk all the time about being dream financiers. We don't want money for any other reason. We don't want the fancy houses. We don't want the fancy cars. We don't want any of that. We want to be billionaires so that we can finance other dreams. There's so many kingdom projects that need to be done. There's um, hospitals that need to be built over in Africa. There's real civilization that needs to be revamped. There are slaves in Sudan, Africa that need freeing, right? I I just found out that um, a good member of our team is actually freeing slaves in Sudan, Africa. uh, Every time uh, they trade in the market and make a profit more than $300, they free a slave. So you never know why somebody needs money, right? I've always pictured myself being the guy that walks into a bank during a crazy rush hour on a Friday, And listening to somebody who says that, you know, they don't have their mortgage today or I can't make my car payment. And I just come in there and I just go through the line and just say, what did you need? What did you say you needed? And just be able to finance those dreams. So that's, it's very important because if you're, if your vision is too small, God is going to have to enlarge that vision for you, right? And then for God's vision, you need financing. So you need those multiple streams of income. A lot of people these days, they decide, okay, I'm going to get this money and I'm going to blow it on this. I'm going to blow it on that. Investing, savings, putting uh, money aside for your loved ones, all those things matter. You know, I recently lost my dad in uh, 2013. And one of the things that scared me the most was that, you know, there was a battle over his 401k uh, that I didn't even care about. I didn't even need it. God had blessed me and my family to the point where we didn't necessarily need it. But when I looked at the size of it, I was thinking dad would have had to go back to work. You know, um, there were some things that happened in the financial market uh, back in 2008 that really hurt a lot of people. And he was one of the ones affected, you know, wiping out half of his 401k, but he would have had to go back to work. And that would have been scary for me. And so raising, a, 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 you know, children and being a, a provider of a household in this day and age, we have to have those multiple strings of income just in case something doesn't work out. You know, we always talk about track stars being our, our plan A, you know, while we work our plan B. So it's very, very important to have multiple streams of income.
1: That's very good. And you alluded to something earlier, um, when we were just kind of talking about 2020 in general, if nothing else, like you said, this year has definitely shown us, like, the uncertainty (laughs) of the times that we are in Mm -hmm. and the fact that we cannot bank on just one thing we cannot you know and so that's just another reason to you know have multiple streams of revenue so that you're not solely dependent on any one revenue stream so yeah excellent so
0: true. the current climate so many people were out of work um because of covid and it i know it's been rough for a lot of families out there and Getting assistance from the school, yeah. even from for meals to feed your kids, um, because depending on what industry you your career is in, COVID just really put a stop towards it for a significant amount of time. Um, I'm seeing tons of bin- businesses going out of business, yeah. Um, yeah. even in the malls. Like it's crazy how many companies are going under. Um, right now when did you first start taking steps towards developing all of the multiple streams of income
2: well I think it first started when I was um, working for radio one and um, you know sales was one stream of income but then um, my salary was another stream of income because in sales you get commission and you get a salary and so when I first started seeing like, oh, this is what commission feels like. I get a base salary and then I get more money on top of that. And that fluctuates month to month. Mm-hmm. And that was the first thing that allowed me to see, oh, okay, this is another stream of income. And then when that company, I, like I said, I was 19 years old. I was just getting started. You know, I had just come maybe a, a year and a half out from my economics class in high school. So I'm still learning how to, you know, write checks and things of that nature. And so what I, when I saw that 401k was matching, and I was like, wow, that's a third stream of income, you know? And then uh, I was struggling in sales. Of course, I'm 19 years old. I'm in the biggest market for radio. Radio One, Atlanta, Atlanta market is top five always in the country for radio markets. Most radio sales people start in the 200 markets or, or below it, right? Um, and so uh, to me, I started realizing that I'm in a very valuable place where I could make great money and I could do really well but I'm swimming with some sharks and so I went to one of my mentors and she says you know what (laughs) you need to try network marketing and I was like network marketing you know so it gets a a bad connotation like a pyramid scheme but she said if you get a no in network marketing and you keep going till you get a yes you'll be able to sell anything the rest of your life and I said okay that's interesting so I started doing multi-level marketing wasn't the greatest source of income, but I did make some money off of it. So that was another source of income. Um, but then I sat under a, a great Bishop, Bishop Bronner at Word of Faith, who always said that uh, millionaires have at least seven streams of income. And I started counting on my fingers and I was like, oh, I only have three. You know, so then I just started looking at other avenues. Um, being a part of a business owner was another stream of income. You know, Being with Track Stars has also allowed me to see a lot. Uh, my partner, Sean uh, J.Dot, um, he is a financial guy that handles most of our, uh, our, our transactions throughout TrackStars. Um, and when he does something, he makes smart business decisions, right? And I get to see that. And one day, my partner, Jeremiah, and myself, we're going to all benefit from the smart decisions that Sean has made over the years. And so that's another stre- stream of income. Having ownership of a company, having stock in a company, all those different pieces streams of income you know and then if you start coupling it with things you sell on the side you know for a long time i was selling things on ebay i took up a hobby where i would take uh broken television parts and uh, i would actually fix them right and so i would buy a a lot of uh a lot size of televisions 45 at one time and uh they only cost me 150 dollars. but out of that lot about 17 of them were manageable um and we were able to Bring those back to life and sell them for you know um, a profit, and so you know you see one of them behind me. This is one I actually fixed behind me. Um, they're hard, you know, because I don't have an engineering degree and I don't have um, uh, that that savvy. But I have internet and I have YouTube, and you can make money off of those things. And so totally. I, I I encourage people stretch your mind. You know, I um I'm a college recruiter by trade. I've been doing that for 15 years now. And I'm an advisor at my program and in my program, I have eight young advisees and I always tell them while you're in your downtime, use YouTube. You know, I've saved our family hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, fixing the refrigerator, fixing the air conditioning outside, um, painting, uh, building a room. We just built a four seasons room, uh, all off of the internet. Just YouTube now. I have a. I had a father who was a jack of all trades. So he showed me a lot in his in his uh, days. But um, just being able to stretch your mind and say, my dad always told me one thing: if man made it, you can fix it. If a man made it, you can fix. Only thing you can't fix is something God made. Like God just completely puts a cloud in the sky. Hey, something happens to that cloud. You're not gonna be able to go up there and fix that. So you know, only thing you can fix is what God made. And so when I realized that, it challenged me to say, okay. Every problem that I'll ever have is on YouTube, is on the internet. The internet is our greatest source of, of, of um, is our greatest resource. So if you use internet the right way, you can have multiple streams of income, income through the internet alone.
1: Very good. Another nugget. <laughs> Pick it up. <laughs>
0: I knew when Ryan started buying those lots that we would never be broke. I was like, Amen. "Hustler, he knows how to hustle." Amen. Yeah, money. Yeah. Like he knows how to hustle and figure out a way um, to get money. Even I, uh, I remember you taking like our broken washing machine and uh yeah. it, melt it down for uh, money. I believe you get money. Yeah type Mm -hmm. of stuff as well. Just like, I was like, man, we'll never be broke. (laughs)
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Thinking of ways to make money. If, you know, if we ever get into a tight situation, Mm -hmm. so that is a great quality to have really is. Yeah. So what challenges have you experienced while developing all these different multiple streams of income?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, going completely broke. <laughs> going completely broke. Um, before I before I met my wife, um, I got laid off from Radio One in two thousand eight. In two thousand eight, the stock market crashed, and um, advertising was the first thing that most major companies threw to the side. So I was at Radio One one day, and advertisers just started calling, calling. Everybody's getting phone calls. Hey, we're pulling out. You know, our, our forecast. We're not gonna have our projections for next week. We're not gonna meet the, the uh, annual you know, budget. And I just remember my boss telling me, he says, you got one more opportunity that you need to close in order to show me that you can be here, right? And I went and I worked really hard and I closed this opportunity and it came in under somebody else. And I was like, oh, okay, God, that's it. That's it. How and does that work? I'm, look, I'm so, upset. <laughs> yeah, so uh, a lot of companies buy through agencies. agencies have one advertising rep right Mm. and so i worked this account it was atlanta uh the art institute of atlanta and i went there and i said you guys you guys need to have 1079 here radio one needs to be here hot 1079 needs to be here and they said yeah we agree and i said let's put together a plan you know i I made a proposal and i took it out there and i presented it and they came back and someone's just like guess what your your proposal came back and i said oh wow they said, I said, was it for 10000 They were like, nah. I was like, 5000 They were like, nah. They're like, it came back for 25000 And I was like, what? That's the biggest amount I've ever closed. And they said, but bad news. I said, what happened? They said, it came in under an agency. So my mentor at the time, and he's still my mentor to this day in sales, um, he got that business. But he looked after me. Had it been anybody else, it would have been just the curtains for me. But he said, let me give you some of my smaller independent accounts to help you build back up. But again, when that stock market crashed and advertisers pulled out, I got laid off. And I just remember going through something in my mind so crazy where I was just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with the business world. And I sat on my couch. I, I, bought, my house, I bought my first house at 23. So by the time this all happened, I was a two-year homeowner. And I, bought my first, uh, and I sat on my couch and I ordered all the cable channels I could. I called cable the next day and said, listen, I'm going to be on the couch for a while. Give me everything you got. And I just, I, I, I slumped back into like this crazy place. And so, you know, they started knocking on doors, coming from my car, coming from my house. They came from my house. They got my house. Um, and God gave it back to me. And God was just really testing me to say, do you trust me? And I told him I trusted him. And um, within seconds, God showed me that he was miraculous. I was about to lose my house. And it was being auctioned off that day. And I sent in some paperwork when um, Obama had the uh, uh, the Home Care Act. And I sent in some paperwork, and God had already told me, I'm going to save your house. And I was mm-hmm. like, God, how are you going to do that? It's two hours to go before they sell my house on the courtyard steps. How are you going to do that? And God just said, you said you trusted me. Mm-hmm. And so I called the office. They were going to sell my house. They gave me a time, nine twelve or nine o two something like that. And I called the office at 850. I said, did you guys receive the paperwork to rescind the offer on my home? And they said, no, we didn't receive it. So at 859, they told me to call back. Call back at 859. Hey, did you guys get the paperwork to rescind my house? I said, no. So, okay. I got down under my desk. I was praying. I said, God, you said you were gonna save my house. What are you gonna do? My cell phone rings and it's the lady saying, hey, we just got the fax. We saved your house. You're out of the clear. And I said, whoa, if God can do something in two seconds time, what else can he do? And so I knew at that moment, God would never allow me to go broke again because my mindset changed. Believing in him was what I needed in order to get over those barriers, those hurdles. And now I ask, I ask, I challenge people all the time. If I gave you and if you gave me an ID with no money and all I had was an ID, I could get, I could find my way home. I could find my way home without asking a single person. Mm. If you drop me in the middle of the street somewhere and you say you got two hours to make it home, how are you going to get there? With just your ID, no money, I could find my way home. Mm. Because I would go out there and I would do kind acts of service and allow people to bless me, right? Also, if you have Verizon and you have an ID, you have a credit wallet there, right? You can go and buy something and turn around and sell it and make crazy, products. hey, I got, and it may hurt you in the long run, right? I've actually done this before. I'll go, to, uh, I'll, go to, um, uh, I'll go to Verizon and I'll buy a tablet on credit, right? One day I'm gonna pay it back. I'll buy it on that, on that wallet credit and then I'll go back and I'll sell it on eBay. And I might lose $25 on the value of it, but that $75, that comes the same day. The eBay purchase, boom, right in your wallet. Amazon, same thing. So multiple streams of income are a mindset. And being able to garner how you get to them is all a mindset. Very good. Wow.
0: So, Ryan, you have a tons of knowledge of all these different multiple streams of income. What initial steps would you tell someone um, that has maybe just their normal, regular career job, one stream of income. What are some initial steps that you can tell a beginner uh, on how they can start developing multiple streams of income?
2: First thing you have to do is think outside the box. I tell every young person that I speak with, think outside the box. Don't look at traditional forms. I remember sitting in front of a multi-level marketing and multi-level marketing guys, I'm in it right now. And it is amazing because if you find a product that you absolutely believe in and you have a heart to share and you have the gift of gab and God has blessed you to be um, bigger than yourself, you can turn it into something great. And so I'll say this. I always tell people think outside the box. I don't do anything inside of a box. Nothing is traditional to me. I don't see tradition. I remember sitting in a multi-level marketing business and I remember being 20, 21 years old, maybe even 22. And the gentleman challenged me. And I was just like, oh, man. He said, he said, why did you go to college? He said, why did you go to college? And I said, well, when I graduated high school, he said, why'd you graduate high school? And I said, well, because I had to. He said, who told you had to? I said, well, my parents told me. I had, to. he said, I get that. Your parents told you you had to. but Who told them they had to send you? And I said, uh, the government, I guess. And he was just like, you could have been an entrepreneur at the age of eight years old. You could have been a CEO at any point um, in that time frame. And mm-hmm. so for me, I was just like, oh, wow, this is, this is amazing. I could really, you know, be something great in this time frame. And so to me, that was the biggest, um, that was the biggest thing for me, was being able to say, oh, okay, you know what? Uh, I can do these things. And so that to me was very, very important.
1: So someone listening right now basically... Mm-hmm open their mind to
2: what else is out there? Is that what you're saying? Like, what would you tell somebody that's listening right now? Like, Yeah, don't look for traditional forms of income. Mm-hmm. You know, don't look at traditional strings of income. Traditional strings of income will hurt you in the long run because in the, in the very least scheme of things, um, they're not reliable. They're really not, you know? Mm-hmm. Your job goes under, you get laid off, you're going to miss a check. Yeah, You're going to miss a, you're going to miss a payment. You're going to miss a bill somewhere. So all that stuff is really, really um, what you have to think about.
1: Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So I want to transition into your uh, newest endeavors or some of your newest endeavor, mm-hmm. uh, because I know you're super passionate about them. So uh, first and foremost, we're going to talk about investing in the foreign exchange. So okay. what, piqued
2: your interest and got you into investing in Forex? Oh, wow. So um, it, it's, it's kind of like you see somebody doing something and this has happened to me several times with Forex.
0: Mm-hmm. You see
2: somebody do something and you think to yourself, all right, they're credible. I, I believe in what they say. If they're saying something, it sounds better than me just looking at a random YouTube video or mm-hmm. seeing somebody talk about this from a different standpoint, right? And so that's what happened with me was I was able to get into a position where I saw something so great and I saw a friend doing it and I saw him on his Instagram and he said, I just made $150 residual this month uh, trading foreign currency. And I said, okay, that's interesting. Um, That's $150 more than I made this month on foreign currency. And I don't have another strong, and I can use another source of income. Mm -hmm. So I was all in. I was just like, oh, okay, this guy's got it. So I wanted to see exactly how that works, right? And I told him, I said, listen, man, I said, I don't care what it is. I just want to get in it. And he was just mm-hmm. like, well, do you want to see? Do you want to hear? I said, listen, you're doing it. I'm in. What do we need to do? And he said, all right, man, well, you know, first thing we need to do is uh, uh, you got to know about the investment amount. Cool. Here's my credit card. What else? He was like, well, at that point, you need to um, uh, be ready to talk about it, you know, and, and learn the information. I said, all right, cool. What else? And he was like, well, that's it. And I said, okay, let's do it all. I want to do it tonight, same day. The next thing I did was I picked up the phone and I called two friends. And they said, well, are you making money in this? And I said, no, but what does that matter? I said, let's see the vision of it. And they saw the vision and they got on board and they ran with it. And then it became something that uh, me and my partner, uh, Sean talked about with Track Stars because we saw somebody put a post up on on, um, Instagram. It was a rapper and he said, the very source of income that I use to feed my family is now gone. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do to feed my family going forward? That all my shows are canceled. All my tours are canceled. I'm not making money off the music anymore. What am I going to do? And then I told my partner, Sean, I said, we got to help people. You know, and he looked at me, he's like, yeah, we do. What can we do? So they started, he started putting together an idea saying that we need to uh, lower prices on our, on ourselves and we need to give money to nonprofits. And so that's when I told him, I said, man, I just got into the foreign exchange market. And he was like, oh, man, I've been thinking about that. Let's, let's look at it a little bit more. And then we said, you know what? Time to start another brand. So we looked at it and we said, we could do a Stars investment group. And we could talk about Forex, drop shipping, um, stocks and real estate. So we had all these different avenues to be successful. And it was amazing to see how quickly and easily something can come together.
1: I love it. So you actually transitioned into my very next question because there are like four other streams or three other streams of revenue that you just named. And so um, for foreign exchange, of course, investing in Forex is definitely one stream of revenue. Um, And then you also talked about investing in stocks and drop shipping and real estate. So can you talk with us about um, uh, some tools for investing in stocks and what is dropshipping? But go ahead in whatever so order drop
2: you- shipping, So dropshipping is very simple. Dropshipping is where you get to a point and you find um, a product, right, that you can use. And I'll be honest with you, my partner, Sean, is the one who just, who's doing the dropshipping. So it's basically finding a product that you think people can use and um, setting up a website and selling it, right? And knowing that there's going to be um, somebody who drop ships it for you. You don't touch any of that information. You just have a third party that you pay a fee to to um, go forward and help you with that, right? So that's the big part about it is you get a chance to um, have somebody help you with that.
1: And a real practical way of drop shipping, honestly, is having your own online store. It could be merch that you're selling or you know, mm-hmm. something that um, you've already created. And a great tool for that, I know, is Shopify. I know a lot of people have been talking yeah. about so that's for to just kind of break it down for some people. That is a general um, definition of, of drop shipping. And if you do have like an online merch store where once somebody places an order, they ship it out to you or to whomever purchases it, that is a form of drop shipping. So
2: mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: So let's talk a little bit about stocks. What is what are um, how are you investing in stocks? What does that look like for
2: you? So um, the only way I invest in stocks is through the mutual uh, funds that I have through my um, 401k.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: my partner Sean is actually the one investing in stocks. He we he has the uh, Weeble app, mm-hmm. and Weeble is another way. Robinhood is another way. Acorn is another way. So you can actually go and you can find these apps that will give you um, starter accounts, right? I've invested in stock before through E Trade. Didn't work out too well, you know. Got in there didn't really want to read the market and see what was actually happening. So I was kind of like, okay, you know, this is interesting. But at the same time, um, you get to that point, you're like, oh, you know, do I really want to figure this out for myself? Or do I want to have, you know, uh, a broker help me? And then a lot of times you have to figure it out for yourself. Because when you do these things, they they become a necessity uh, of your learning curve. And so with Forex, Forex is so easy to do. Um, you learn the skill set in less than 72 hours, and you never have to worry about job insecurity again. Uh, you know, uh, I've been able to make $1,000 in under an hour, $700 a day, uh, just in Forex trading, right? And it's so easy to do, and it's so coachable and something that you can reteach to your children. I have a friend who's in Forex with me. He has a 15-year-old daughter, and he said, you know what? I want her to learn the skill set. So when she goes off to college, she doesn't have to worry about, a, a, you know, working a part-time job. She can just go off to college. She can get up on a early, early in the morning, set up a trade, come back, and she'll have the money for the rest of the week. You know, this is so easy because we trade with six-figure and seven-figure traders who tell us what to do. It's a copy and paste method. So we go in and we look at it and, and we're able to copy and paste exactly what it is that we're supposed to do in the market. And so it makes sense that you would look into something like that and see an opportunity to uh, educate yourself. Because I I tell everybody I talk to about Forex, this is a better investment than my four year degree. And it didn't cost me as much. You know, Forex to get started is $235 uh, uh, initially. And then you pay $174 a month to keep your education platform going. I've made that six or seven times over in a month when I'm trading Forex. You know, so we look at it through Trackstars as an investment. Look at it like this. If you're a business owner and you decide to do Forex, you have a staff member on your payroll that you don't have to give benefits to, you don't have to give vacation time to, and you don't have to hear their mouth. It's just $174. Yeah, $174. And they absolutely help you uh, win in your finances. And that, to me, you can't match that. (laughs) That's hilarious.
1: Okay, so- You can't match that. You, you talked a little bit about what it costs to kind of get involved with Forex trading. So if someone is interested, um, what steps do they need to take? Who do they talk to or where do they go to get more involved?
2: So they can go to TrackstarswithTheZ.com, uh, TrackstarswithTheZ.com uh, backslash Forex. And we have a landing page set up for you to get more information. Or you can email me, uh, ryan at trackstarswiththez.com. And I'll be more than happy to talk your ear off. My wife will tell you I walk around the house with these AirPods, and they're always having to be recharged because you know I'm doing forex calls. I'm um, I'm a college recruiter, so I'm doing interviews and I'm doing uh, recruitment calls and follow-ups. So it never stops, you know. Um, I already have a, a target retirement date in mind, and so when you have that type of time, uh, freedom back, you want to use as much time you have right now. To be able to get above that, so that is very, very important to be able to do.
1: Very good, very good. So let me ask you. I mean, it's mm-hmm. obvious you are definitely a jack of all trades, of multiple trades, uh, and you know, bringing in multiple streams of income. How do you balance all of that? I mean, you've got a wife, you've got children, you know, like you've got a lot going on. You've got a full time job, you know, mm-hmm. you're, um, you know, a business owner. How do you juggle all of that? Like, where did, where, how do you balance
2: that? So, you have to have, you have to have that um, spouse that supports you and believes in your dreams, right? If you're a single person, fine, do what you want to do. But you have to be able to sell it. You have to sell it to your spouse. I tell everybody, all all my friends, that you have to sell it to your spouse. So, you know what I started doing? When I started making excess money in the market, I was giving her money hey, here's $200. This Friday, next Friday, hey, here's $200. Following Friday, hey, here's $200. Then I started paying off bills that she didn't necessarily know I was paying, right? And so all those things make a difference. And the other day, I was just like, listen, we are growing this house, we are growing you know, our space. Soon as I hit a certain level, we're moving again. We're buying a house, we're building a house. You know? So keep them excited, keep them engaged. Help them sell your vision or you know help them sell your vision to you right because on the days where you want to give up your spouse has to be there to say nah you told me we're getting a new house you better get up and go do that work you know so, that's great uh, it's, yeah, I gotta it's poke very holes. important you know huh? i gotta poke holes in that ryan
1: you know i gotta poke holes in that now <laughs> <laughs> i'll be bribing your wife okay don't be
2: bribing your wife okay <laughs> well i know my wife though I know my wife. Get my him, wife. Maya. Get him, Maya. <laughs> No, I know my wife. My wife is motivated by um, by uh, accomplishments, right? So we set goals and we accomplish them. Um, she's motivated by taking care of our family. She's motivated mm-hmm. by seeing um, us uh, get to a place where if anybody in her family needed help, we'd be in the position to help, yeah. right? So that's motivating. It's, it's, it's not a bribe. It's always, um, you know what, go buy yourself something nice. You gave me an extra 20 minutes to take a three-way call for forex while we were watching a movie. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's rewarding. You know, um, one day I went, I did, now I did do something that was a little slick. <laughs> one day I went out and I bought her something and uh, I, bought her a, I bought her a bracelet, right? And I brought it home and I dropped it on the bed and I said, you know, here's something for you, blah, blah, blah. You know, we had a rough week. Um, And then she was just like, oh, wow. And she was like, how much did this cost? And I was like, half my morning trading, that's all. You know, and she was like, you had to brag and throw that in there, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm making this kind of money in the morning to be able to buy you nice things at night. So, yeah, I'm definitely um, at that point where I I believe you have to um, sell an opportunity to your spouse so they can sell it back to you. And that's really what it is.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's great. Definitely, you need that support. You need that motivation. But I will say okay. one, just on a more practical level, because you and I both know, you know, you look up, you see posts, you see news, you see celebrities all the time. Talk about you know I had a successful career, but I wasn't mm-hmm. there for my wife, or I might you know I wasn't there for my children as much as I would have liked to have been. So yeah. what steps do you actively take to be present physically when you need to be? And I know you can't always be there when you yeah. know, when you want to be, but what steps do you take to be present when you need to be?
2: There's a couple of things, right? You have to um, you have to have those nightly commitments. I never miss telling my girls good night reading the Bible with them or putting them to bed. We never miss that you know we as a couple we never miss that uh, I've never been away from the home more than four days at a time since we've been married you know um, if i'm and, and this is the good thing about it and I'll say that this is the slight edge we have as being Christians right uh, when you're trying to build a business when you're trying to get something off the ground when you're trying to grow something um having a godly focus and it being a kingdom business helps a whole lot more because now you're like, I gotta do this for God, I gotta do this for our family, right? Um, And you gotta allow me to do, I'm not trying to start up a dry cleaner business, right? Where I'm saying, hey, I gotta go out and and survey the guys building the warehouse and making sure that they put the shelves in correctly and the machines work. I'm saying, hey, I gotta go out here and save lives. I have to build something with some friends to help the kingdom grow, right? Stretch people, mold them and shake them. So all those things are important. And then we have that slight edge of being able to say, now this is kingdom work. You know, this is this is uh, the heavenly work of the father that we're doing. And so um, you trust me as the man of God, you trust me as the household provider and the leader, let me lead. And this is the other thing, reassurance. You reassure them that their lives are gonna benefit from us making these sacrifices now. So benefit, you know, give your spouse the benefit of being able to have that opportunity.
1: That's very good and I appreciate you sharing the boundaries that you have because it is important i believe for any and everyone to have some type of boundaries in your life um, you know if it is like you were saying limiting the amount of time that you're away from your family you know um, making sure that you commit to you know saying good night and you know reading the bible and praying with your daughters every night things like that are they go a long way you know and they're it's important like you were saying that you make those commitments so i commend you for that
0: and I will add, it is a, a constant work in progress to mm-hmm. find that work life balance um, for both of us as a, you know mm-hmm. as husband and wife and three kids, three little kids. Uh, I have a full time job as well. Um, thankfully, I work from home, so I'm able to manage um, my schedule a little bit better. Uh, for me, um, with with the children. Um, But I know we do practical things like we have a huge family calendar and I send Ryan notifications on his phone for his calendar for like kids recitals or doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to constantly communicate. And our Friday nights are pretty sacred with our family. And Sundays are pretty sacred as well. Um, Saturdays are typically pretty busy with becoming Eva, and then tracks he's on track star is usually in the afternoons. So our yeah. Saturdays are usually pretty busy. Um, but we do try to schedule things um in advance and we have to communicate uh, like hey. She has a recital coming up. You know, make sure you're off for this day and stuff like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah,
1: very good. Communication is very, very important. So I I commend, I commend you all for doing the work necessary because it's a lot. It is really a lot to, you know, to do all that and still have, you know, your family commitments. So I think that's awesome. So I commend, mm-hmm. I commend you all for doing all of that. So before we get ready to um, transition into our um, noble character acknowledgement, I think I have one more question that I wanted to ask you. And you may have answered this already, but mm-hmm. just want to talk about, well, first of all, I think two. First of all, what, what are you, because it sounds like you're always working on something. Something else is always on the horizon for you. So what is next for the more empire as well, you know, as in regards to, you know, what other streams of income are you looking at? Um, what are you researching? What are you studying? You know, what are you reading? Anything you want to share?
2: Yeah, so the first thing is, um, you know, making sure that we get um, all of the making sure that every, every, every brand that God has given us trust in is doing its thing, right? Um, so that means, you know, being supportive with Toya and becoming Eva is the next big thing, you know, making sure that you guys, excuse me, you guys see the same success that Trackstars has been able to see. Making sure that, you know, I give Toya time to go out and do a conference in LA, you know, being able to see you guys get to that next level is our biggest champion right now, Uh, being able to see you guys um, put out books and being able to see you all, you know, uh, sitting in front of um, very influential people and having influential people come to you and us using our resources the best way we can to help you guys grow. So those are all very important things um, to this family. Uh, And then I would say um, as you know Toya's had dreams and she's given me ideas before that we've had to say okay well right now we can't do that but when we talk about dream financing we're going to go back and finance those dreams you know when Toya was a a volleyball coach she came to me one day and she was like let's start a volleyball club you know and I was thinking okay you know we we got two (laughs) kids now we it's a little it's a little difficult and and I got I I did see the sense that, you know, um, it is a good form of real estate to have and you can rent those things out year after year to clubs. um, And she wanted to actually have a facility for it. That's something that we're gonna go back and revisit one day. You know, I look sideways sometimes when she mentions things and I'm like, I gotta work all day and all night to get you that, you know, (laughs) but you know, let that influx of of money come in. And I'll just tell you that um, when you get out of your own way when you stop listening to naysayers, when you start really seeing people live out their dreams and you think to yourself, that can be me. God didn't say it wasn't me. You know, I I have a a Forex mentor that I'm closely following. Um, He's 24 years old and he makes $750,000 a month trading Forex, but he's 24 years old. And, you know, I see that and I think to myself, he never has a want for anything financial. And I can't imagine the people he's blessing on a monthly, weekly basis. You know, why not? You're 24 years old. I see him on there, he's buying fancy cars and penthouses and things like that. Uh, (laughs) But when you have a a family in mind, your, your, your goals change, right? And so what I would do is for my daughter's 10th, 12th birthday, I would buy them real estate. I would buy them land, right? and just give them that D, they're going to get a nice little gift after that. But that's going to be the gift that we put up on the shelf at the end of the night. And we let it mature. And when they turn 18, that land is worth $300,000. And they can do whatever they want. Cash it out, go to college, um, invest in a business. I mean, who says we can't be, you know, the Christian Kardashians over here? We got three <laughs> girls, you know? Who says we can't be the Christian Kardashian? I've already named them. If they have an ounce of singing, if they can help get, training from uh, their aunt Maya and oh. uh, uh, rapping rapping from their uncle Sean and their uncle Jeremiah. Hey, we got Trinity's child over here. Oh. <laughs> we got Trinity's, Trinity's child. child. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get these girls a mic. Riley already tries to like rap Layla sings. I was about to say Layla, Layla is the sings. performer. We just yeah. waiting
1: on her to get old enough so we can manage. She's she ready. I'm just saying. Go ahead. <laughs> and Mariah and
2: Mariah is the miniature Joe Jackson. She's going to get everybody in line. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Not that, Mariah. Not that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you just have to look at it like uh, I can't let anybody stand in my way. I remember someone telling me that all their friends were laughing at them while they were trying to build their multi-level marketing business, their Forex business. And they said, you can laugh at me, but I make $300,000 a year and I live in a penthouse and you still got to get up and go to work. And I'm not knocking that, but you, while you were laughing, I was building, you know? And she told me that it put her in tears to have them make fun of her and say, oh, you out here slinging this Forex and you, you know, telling people to do this, and telling people to do that. And you're not, you're not really hustling. You're not really going to school and using your degree that you got, you know, you're working for your degree. Oh, you know, someone said, to, you know, they told us in this call, when are you going to stop working for money and letting money work for you?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Money doesn't need a vacation, but you do. Yeah. So if you let your money work harder than you do, makes sense.
1: Yeah. Another
2: thing I was listening to, and these multi-level marketing um, people, they are motivational speakers as well. They're coaches. Mm -hmm. he brought up an idea the other day in my mind and it really stuck with me. He said, how is it that you are working so hard to make a corporation rich when you're a corporation? He said, you know what? I give myself a pay raise every day. I give myself a pay raise every week. I can give myself a pay raise every hour. But if you go to that boss and you ask for a pay raise, they're going to tell you no on a weekly basis. They're going to tell you no on a monthly basis. I got a 3% increase on my day job this year. And my, my trading account is already up 6%, 16%, 26% from where it was last week. You know what? I started trading this week on $7. My balance right now is $836. So do the math on that, right? I have to do things in order to, you have to be smart about it. Every time I get paid, I put my paycheck in the market and I leverage against my paycheck. And every time that I've done that, God is good. I I go in fully and faithfully and and fearfully trembling, but God is good. Every time I put my paycheck in the market, I'm able to withdraw my paycheck and almost a thousand dollars profit. Same day, same day. So who's doubling their paychecks the same day they get it? I am. Other people are. You can, too.
1: Wow. Thank you so much, Ryan. Any other um, tips or words of wisdom that you want to share uh, before we transition?
2: Pray over your business. Mm -hmm. Pray over your investments. Pray over your family. I remember praying to God yesterday, and I said, God, I'm working so hard. Uh, I didn't get off a call. I didn't get off a Trackstar's call to 2 a.m. the night before. I got up early to work for my day job. I took five calls yesterday for Forex. I trained for Forex yesterday. And by three o'clock, I sat back in my chair and I said, God, I'm working so hard. God, send me the people that see the hard work and see the vision so that I don't have to chase after it, you know? Yeah. And, I got, I, I, and I was sitting at a restaurant, ordered some food last night. And I was sitting in my car and I just started going through my phone and I just saw somebody's name and I clicked on it. And I called him and I said, how are you doing, man? What you been up to? And said, man, I'm doing great. Da, 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 da. He said, how about you? How's your family? I said, great. You know, I got some good news happening in 2020. that I'm really excited about, I said, and then, you know, I just started, um, I said, I don't know if you see my Facebook post, but I'm trading Forex. Man, you trade Forex, man, I want to get into that. Oh, how can I get into that? I've been asking people to show me and nobody showed me. Can you help me get in? Like, yes, I can help you get in. I'm super excited right now. Yes, I can help you get in. So, you know, you just have to have God do those things for you. Because I asked God to send me somebody who I didn't have to chase, just have a conversation with. And by the time I got off the phone, he was texting me like, "Hey, can I meet you tomorrow? You know, at your meetup spot, so we can talk about the forex. Can you show me some stuff?" Yes, I'd be happy to. i will be happy to because you're adding to the multiple streams of income that I'm trying to get for my family.
1: That's awesome. That's
2: awesome. Thank you. Wow.
1: Thank you so much, Ryan. Mm-hmm. You have dropped a lot of nuggets, like. For real, like I'm gathering and picking up, uh, even as someone who's known you for a while and known of what you all are working on for a while, like a lot of information. So very insightful, very encouraging, very motivating. Thank you so, so, so. You're
2: welcome. You're welcome. I'm happy happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for being here. Mm
1: -hmm. So Toya, you want to take us on into the Noble Character Acknowledgement?
0: Yes. Ryan, do you have a noble character acknowledgement that you would like to recognize, maybe as it relates to developing multiple streams of income?
2: Yep, rather- I do. Yep, I do. I want to recognize, I'm sorry, guys, my um, best that oh, uh, camera battery that, you know, got 20%. Uh, <laughs> I want to recognize um, one of the first to do it. Her name is uh, Maggie Walker, and Maggie Walker is, she was the daughter of a slave. But she was the first African-American woman to own a bank, to run a bank, to be a manager of a bank. And that is amazing. When you think about where all this starts in our community, it starts with our ownership. It starts with, there's a bank in in, in Atlanta called Citizens Trust, and it's a black owned and operated bank. And so the people, their slogan is come and bank with the people you know, the people you trust and the people that look like you. Mm. Citizens' Trust, so when you see companies like that forming, and I remember my mom would drive out of her way to go and bank there. Now you also got to do good business because at some point you know the attitudes weren 't right, so she had to leave oh God but but supporting our own supporting our own is a way to do that, and so when you get out there and you start businesses and you you look for people to help champion um, somebody like a Maggie Walker is who you want to do business with um You know, uh, I remember um, Kathy Hughes, that's another person that I'll I'll, I'll acknowledge as well. Kathy Hughes is the owner, operator, and founder of Radio 1 Atlanta, Radio 1 period, Urban 1. And Kathy Hughes used to go to the studio with her son in a carrier, and she would listen to, um, she would do radio shows, right? And so one day she said that uh, the opportunity came up to buy the radio station and they laughed at her. And they said, you can't buy a radio station. This is a, a white man, a Jewish white man's game. You can't buy the radio station. And she said, okay. So she got a bunch of investors together and that fell through. And she said that she went to every bank, every bank in her city and she got 31 no's and she got to the last bank and she said that the woman there had just gotten hired she was a latina woman right and she needed a win mm. and she said she said girl if i trust you you got to make me look good she gave her the loan for the radio station Kathy Hughes went on to buy 74 radio stations and she still banks with the same minority bankers that gave her the chance in the first place that is awesome So look for look for opportunity. I always tell people this: if you do a business, right, and you want to sell to advertisers, don't contact your competitions. um, Don't contact the bigger. Don't contact the people that you want to that you want to actually sponsor you. Contact their competition. Mm. Because if I'm thinking about vitamin water as the person I want to go after to endorse my podcast. I'm going to go with the vitamin comp- the vi- the water company that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, hey, let's build together. Mm-hmm. Let's take this little $5,000 that you have, dump it into my podcast, and let us go out there and talk about your product, right? And, and that's all you need to do. Look for the people who need you. Not the people you want. That's a great tip. And that's an excellent story about
1: actually about both of those. Ownership mm-hmm. in the Black community is huge. Black owned banks is huge. I have a, mm-hmm. a great friend that is a co-owner in a bank um, in South Carolina now. And so just no taking initiative in supporting Black owned businesses, you know, borrowing mm-hmm. from Black owned banks. And like you were saying, doing good business with them. And then on yeah. the flip side, you know, giving good business. I feel like that's a whole nother topic, you know, but yeah. All that to say, it's really important, you know, and the Kathy Hughes story is amazing. She has such an incredible story. So uh, thank you for sharing, sharing those
2: tips. Oh, my pleasure. pleasure.
1: All right, so let's jump into this week's BE challenge. Uh, Last week, our challenge was to identify and take one step toward finding your voice or building your brand uh, as a reminder. So I hope people are um, taking some steps in these directions um, for these challenges. And then this week's challenge is to identify another stream of income and to research what you need to do to get started. So Ryan gave you some great tips. If you're interested in getting involved with Forex, you can contact him directly. You can look into dropshipping. You can look into Webull.com. You know, excellent, excellent research out there that you can do. Even if it's, you know, looking at the companies that you may um, have your nine to five in and seeing, hey, do they match? 401k? Am I putting into my 40K, 401k? So they can match, you know, all of those are multiple streams of revenue that you can look at and take steps towards. So um, we encourage you to identify one, research it, and take a step toward adding it to your arsenal of income.
0: We really need that. All right. Next week, we'll be talking about mental and emotional wellness with special guests. my sister, Stephanie Worthen. Remember to subscribe to the podcast app, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook at Becoming Even Today. That's one word. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Becoming Even Today. See you guys next time. See you
2: Bye. Thank you, guys. <laughs>
0: bye all right we are off Ooh, Great you show? Here, Mariah. A, f- a couple of times don't forget to like us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast check us out at
1: becomingevatoday.com or email us at becomingevatoday.com see you next time